are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be previewing Kentucky basketball's game against Florida A&M. Also going to be talking a little bit more about Devin Leary, the transfer portal quarterback, for the Wildcats. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. And if you're watching on YouTube, would really, really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast. It would mean a ton. And I know it sounds repetitive. If you listen to me consistently every day, say that it's not a joke. It's not a bit. It's not just something I would say. Please subscribe. I'm asking. Uh, it would mean a, it would mean a, a ton to the channel. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky versus Florida A&M. So obviously a lot of negativity on the show recently talking about, you know, how just kind of the Wildcats have been slipping a little bit this season, maybe necessarily not meeting expectations that have been set for them. And maybe that's uh, not necessarily fair to have put the expectations on them uh, from from the preseason media, including myself. But that's a conversation for another day. Today, I want to talk about a team that Kentucky should beat the brakes off of, and that's the Florida A&M Rattlers. So last time you and I talked about Florida A&M, it was in frustration over the loss to UCLA, and I came out and said, Kentucky, Kentucky better score 80. That was my minimum requirement for this upcoming game, and I'm going to stick with that. I think the Wildcats better score at least 80 in this game, and you may say, Lance, what if they beat them 79 to nothing? I want to see the Wildcats offense excel in this game for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, Florida A&M is one of the worst teams in the, in the entire nation. They are 358th currently in the Kimpom rankings. Last time we spoke, they were 357th. So somehow, they've managed to take a dip. So right now, the Wildcats, following a loss to UCLA, get the breather of all breathers, the cupcake of all cupcake games. And they get the Rattlers. I need to see this team excel. First and foremost, before we get to anything else, let's point out two things. This is a terrible team that we're about to face, and we should destroy them. Okay? This is the first time since the St. Peter's game last year that I have walked into a matchup, done the research, and said, okay, yep, this is a team that we should beat, and we should beat them handily. And the, even the St. Peter's game, I gave opportunity for them to, to, to win that game. Nope, not this one. There is nothing that I could point to other than just Kentucky falling flat on their face or having half their starting five injured that would lead me to believe that an upset here is, is occurring. And on top of that, I am confident in the fact that the Wildcats should go out there and run their stuff. Let's, take, let's talk pacing for a second. So you and I have talked a little bit before on the show about how important transition offense is for the Wildcats, right? Just last week, maybe even, eh, it might have been a little bit, little bit over a week ago. You and I were sitting here talking about after, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was the Yale game. The emphasis on transition offense because the half-court game is not working for Coach Cal. Right now, it is not working for the Kentucky Wildcats. What they want to do in the half-court, there is no sense of direction when things get serious. So run it in transition. 
when you get the ball off of a miss or you get a turnover, push it up the court, do what teams like Alabama do. Either take take it to the rim or look for a kick out three. Find your shooters. You've got them. Some people, it's weird. It's weird. So Kentucky scores 53 in this in this most recent outing against UCLA, right? They score 53 points, and all of a sudden, the, the impression is that Kentucky can't shoot threes. They, it's not that they can't shoot them. It's that they don't shoot them, especially in the half court. They do not shoot threes in the half court. They are 38th nationally in three-point percentage. Guys, they're shooting 38% as a team. That's not bad at all. That's really good. It's the stuff inside the arc. You've got to find your shooters in this game. You've got to be able to get your guards going and get them to distribute effectively. Severe Wheeler needs to play well in this game. Cason Wallace needs to play well in this game. And I'm saying needs as if it's, it's some sort of difficult opponent. Yeah, pacing's important. Ken Palm, according to Ken Palm, FAMU is in the bottom third nationally in adjusted tempo. Their average possession length on offense is one of the worst in the nation. Their average possession length on defense is also one of the worst in the nation. So they take forever on offense to find a bucket. And then the opponent, not necessarily, they don't score at will, but they do kind of score at will. Because their effective field goal percentage on defense is, I think, like, what, 11th worst in the nation? It's 349th? Whew. That is nasty. They turn the ball over a ton. They're not efficient. They shoot 39% from two. Hang on, let me reiterate that. Less than 40% of the shots that they take inside the arc don't go in. They don't have great ball handlers. Byron Smith, their guard, is probably their best player. And the only reason that he's rated so highly on on a couple different sites, not just just Kim Palm, is because they use him a ton. It's not because he's efficient. It's because they just use him a lot. In fact, his effective field goal percentage is, let's see here. Yeah, it's the worst out of the top seven players that FAMU has. So, what have we learned so far? We have learned that FAMU is extremely inefficient on both ends of the floor. They're slow on the offensive end. They give up points quickly on the defensive end. They don't make their free throws on top of this. There's no reason to believe that Kentucky should walk into this game and struggle at all. And if they do, we're going to be having a really interesting conversation tomorrow. You and me, we're going to have a fun convo about this. Because this game should be over by halftime. This is the first time in a long time that I have felt extremely confident about a game. And again, we go back to, let's go back to what we were talking about on yesterday's episode. About the things that Kentucky needs to do in order to kind of reset things. I think a lot of it comes back to what's going on mentally. And this is one of those games where you have a great opportunity to do that. I want to talk a little bit more about the Kentucky side of things. Again, FAMU, I mean, it's it's almost not even worth digging into what this team is about individually because because of how irrelevant the matchup is. And I can, say, I can say this as a fan. I can say it as a fan. Apologies to any uh, Florida Atlantic fans out there. I think, if anything, you'd probably agree with me uh, on the things that I'm saying. I'm, it's very similar to if you've ever watched Mississippi Valley State, uh, who I am a fan of. 
Uh, I, I really enjoy watching them, even though they um they're not particularly good at at, at basketball. But it's very similar. It's like you acknowledge the weaknesses, right? You acknowledge the problems. But right now, it's just there. there's nothing that you could really do against a, an opponent like Kentucky. But I want to kind of dive into what the Wildcats look like in this game. There are certain players that we have not talked about enough so far this season, and I want to discuss a couple of them. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action that is BetOnline where the game starts. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked on Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. So Kentucky plays Florida Atlantic tonight and there are a couple of different areas that I want to highlight heading into this matchup for the Wildcats so you look up and down what Kentucky does well and what they do bad statistically right you go and watch the film on this most recent game against UCLA and what is the number one thing that stands out in your mind down the stretch after Kentucky got down, I believe it was like 55-53 with four minutes left. What was one of the biggest killers in that game? It was the free throw shooting, right? The Wildcats couldn't knock down their free throws. They're one of the worst teams in the nation in free throw percentage. They just can't hit. For whatever reason, they can't hit. Again, a lot of it, I think, is mental. But So right now, heading into the SEC slate... We're talking about making marginal improvements. We're not talking about becoming a super team overnight just like that. We're talking about changing the way that you approach things and slowly getting to the point where you want to be at, right? I think a lot of it starts with the little stuff. In free throw shooting, I don't think enough people think about whenever, thinking, whenever discussing like important matchups like this Missouri game coming up. This is a team that knows how to score. If you're trying to get a dub against a a difficult opponent that knows how to run an offense, you need all the points you can get. Simple, right? A lot of those could really come at the foul line. You play your cards right, a lot of those could come at the foul foul line, but you got to execute. So I really do think that this Florida A&M game serves as not the, the the, the point of change, the point of change of direction for the Wildcats, but rather I think it just gives us a really good opportunity to kind of start that momentum, to kind of start that train chugging in that direction. Free throw shooting, I think, is going to be really important for the Wildcats down the stretch because of what's going to happen in this SEC slate. They've got to get it fixed. Against Florida A&M, they should have plenty of opportunities to get to the foul line. I think if Cal wanted to, he could probably run the offense and say, hey, just get downhill, look for contact at the rim, and try and finish. And they're probably going to be drawing a ton of fouls. If they wanted to, they could probably, they could make an effort to try and draw fouls. And you may say, Lance, that's not, that's not cool to say. Like, there are several offenses out there that do that. There, there are several teams that their philosophy is on the defensive end, 
drawing fouls, playing physical defense. And then on the offensive end, it's doing the same thing. It's getting to the rim and seeing if they can get a foul or a bucket. So free throw shooting, I think, is going to be not something that decides this game, let me be clear, but something that Kentucky can work on in this game. There's no pressure. Well, there's a little bit of pressure. There's, there's a little bit of pressure set by me personally to score 80, but <laughs> nobody cares about that. But, yeah, I, I think that free throw shooting is something that you look at against Missouri, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee. Those are several games coming up here before the end of January that are going to be really important. So just get to your spots and knock down your shots. That's, all it's about. That's what it's all about. And like I mentioned, there are a couple players that I don't think we're talking about enough. And one of those players is Chris Livingston. So we came into this season talking about how efficient Chris Livingston could be for this team and how he could be kind of a glue man, right, for the Wildcats. I just want to read over some of his numbers here. And in this most recent game against UCLA, he was actually probably, probably one of the better, if not the best player on the court for the Wildcats. He's shooting 49% from the floor, 43% from three, 87% from the foul line. He's averaging six points, three rebounds, half an assist. I mean, those are really, really solid numbers for the freshman forward. Really, really good stuff in this UCLA game, too. Five of eight from the floor, two of three from three. Had four rebounds and a block, 14 points as a whole. This kid has been consistent for the Wildcats so far this year. And that's what you expect out of your five-star freshman. But we came into this year really excited about him and Kaysen Wallace. And I don't think Chris Livingston's getting enough praise. Friend of the program, uh, what's the What's Next podcast, uh, just had Livingston actually on his show recently just to kind of talk about, you know, living in Akron, you know, having a, having a relationship with a Ron James, actually, believe it or not. He talked about his high school career, all this different stuff, actually talked about how excited he was to play UCLA. Would highly encourage you guys to go check out the What's Next podcast. Really, really good interview uh, with Chris Livingston. I will drop the link to that in the description of this episode on YouTube. Just a great conversation uh, between the What's Next podcast and Chris Livingston. Again, really, really good stuff there. But yeah, Chris Livingston needs, I think, a little bit more praise. And then there's another player that I think deserves significantly more praise than he's getting, and that's Antonio Reeves. So guys, we talked about like, what he could do scoring for this team, right? Second on the team in points per game. Right now, the six foot five senior from Chicago, Illinois, is shooting 45.3% from downtown. He's only shooting 40% from the floor, but again, his specialty is from beyond the arc. That's what he does. 13 points a game. He's going to get most of that from three. He's also a good foul shooter as well, shooting 74%. So the guard play outside of Severe Wheeler, uh, I would say, has been actually pretty darn good this season. And the fact that there's so much negativity without praising the individual efforts of these players is not necessarily like, oh my goodness, I'm so shocked about it. Like, I get it. I get why it's being overshadowed. But like, as things potentially turn around here, I think it's going to be nice to highlight some of these individual guys because, look, I continue to go back to I have the opinion that, hey, right now I think the most of the blame for this staff or for, for this team is on the coaching staff. That's just kind of been my take on it. 
So yeah, if you if you've got any thoughts on Chris Livingston, Antonio Reeves, the foul shooting, I predict uh, Kentucky win this game by eight million. By the way, against Florida Florida A&M tonight. Drop a score prediction if you want in the comments below. I don't really think it's going to matter how much Kentucky beats them by. I need them to score 80. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of a joke at this point, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to do for this uh, Florida Atlantic rattle, uh, Rattlers preview today. I want to talk about Devin Leary, what he could mean to this team in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to remind you guys again, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching here. And if you're listening on podcast, please leave a five-star review. As a matter of fact, I'm going to actually pull this up now that I remembered this, I'm sorry, y'all, that this is happening right in the middle of the show. I've been meaning to shout out the five-star reviews that the uh, that have been left for the podcast. And this one was from Right82David over on Apple Podcast. He said, best Kentucky podcast living right in the middle of big orange country. I'm always looking for any sports coverage. You're not talking about UT. This podcast is great. And your coverage of Kentucky basketball and football is the best. Thanks for a great show. David, really appreciate that review. Really, really great stuff. Uh, and again, if you want to leave a review, please make sure that you give it a positive review. Well, to be honest with you, if you don't like it, I would love to hear why you don't. But all things considered, five-star reviews are the best reviews. Devin Leary, like I mentioned, quarterback at NC State, is expected to commit to the Wildcats. Leary, if I'm not mistaken, was a four-year player for the, um, for the, uh, for the Wolfpack there over at NC State. Really, really big-time commitment. Now, just to kind of look at what he is as a quarterback, just to kind of break down the numbers, because you know I like to break down the numbers here. So over the course of four seasons with the Wildcats, he only, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, played one full season for NC State. There was, uh, there was a year there where he only played four games. In 2020, there was a year where he only played six this past year because of injury. But on the whole, 6,800 passing yards, 62 touchdowns to 16 interceptions, completed 60% of his passes, also added five touchdowns on the ground. This kid is not a runner. Six foot two, 215 pounds, really, really solid size there. Not undersized, just about your average quarterback in terms of uh, the, the dimensions there. But yeah, this is a huge thing for a couple of reasons. Number one, Kentucky needed somebody from the Power 5, le- pi- power five level, geez, Power five level to bring in to kind of operate this offense. Obviously, we've seen success from this past quarterback in Will Levis when Kentucky has brought in a QB that kind of fits their system from another P5 school, obviously Levis from Penn State. This is really big because I think whenever you look at the way that this Kentucky offense is now trending after the firing of OC Rich Scangarello, they've got Liam Cohen back. They're going to be adding new pieces through the portal outside of Leary. I think this offense is going to be just fine next season. Now, is it going to be to the levels that it was in 2021 underneath Liam Cohen? I don't know. I don't know. We'll just have to see. But I believe that the Wildcats right now are in great position to not lose their footing as things transition to a larger SEC. And I know that over the past several months, that's something that I've harped on quite a bit is the fact that things are going to change for a lot of different middle-of-the-pack to maybe lower-tier teams in this in this league once Texas and Oklahoma get here. And I think a lot of it has to do with the scheduling, right? The fact that Kentucky is able to kind of get this stop, and I don't want to say stopgap because that implies that he's not particularly good, 
but that's the best phrase that I can use. Somebody to kind of hold things over for this final season. If I'm not mistaken, he only has one year of eligibility left. So again, this is this is kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, Kentucky, after this season, because of their offensive ineptitude, they failed to meet the expectations that were set before them, right? Now you go into another season getting another opportunity with the same OC that gave your team that really, really good season just a couple of years ago. You get to the opportunity to do it again, but this time you get the chance to do it with a really good quarterback. Now, is Devin Leary going to be a first-round pick like Will Levis is? I don't think so, but we don't know. I think that, obviously, I think the biggest thing that uh, Leary has going against him is is his dimensions. I mean, obviously, as an NFL quarterback, you're going to want to have those types of things, right? Like that six foot five, 230-pound Josh Allen type of frame is what's getting Will Levis in the first round here. But you don't need... To have an NFL quarterback on your college roster in order to win college games. It's pretty simple. I think a lot of people get caught up in like, oh, he's not going to be a good pro quarterback. Or, oh, he's not a good pro prospect. I could not have cared less if Will Levis was going first overall or he was going undrafted. If he succeeded playing quarterback for Kentucky, that's all that matters. And so you look ahead to next season. We've got a really, really good signal caller underneath center. This is going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are excited about this as well. If you want to leave your thoughts about Leary in the comments, would really appreciate it if you did so. Again, four-year kid at NC State. His best season in 2021, 12 games, threw for 3,433 yards, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions. This kid is really, really good. All right. That's my thoughts on Devin Leary. I'm probably going to flesh those out as we get on throughout bowl season. Uh, Also, we're going to be having a conversation coming up, I believe, with the host of Locked on Hawkeyes. Make sure you guys are staying tuned for that. It's going to be really good. I think this this is one of those things where it's like, I did not like the momentum that was surrounding Kentucky football. And all of a sudden, with this addition, I think you really start to see things kind of Turn around. In the words of Michael Scott, oh, how the turn tables. (laughs) All right. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Listen, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me all the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.